welcome to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 228. Julian, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, and hello, everyone. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And there's a lot I want to talk to you about. You guys have a really interesting uh, project here with Unlock Protocol. There's a lot of things I want to ask you um, relating to you know content, things like that. Um, in monetization, I guess, in general with yes. it. Um, before we do, tell me a bit more about yourself. I'm sure people are curious. What's your, what's your story? What's your background? Give me some Julian lore. Absolutely. Uh, so first of all, I'm a, I'm a software engineer. I'm French. Uh, that's where it started all. Uh, I'm a software engineer, uh, and I've been in the, in the open web space for 20 years. Um, I came to crypto from the open web angle, not from the finance angle, even though I did start my, my career as a banker. Uh, again, 18 years ago. Uh, my big passion for the open web um, is coming from the time where I created websites back when I was a high school student in France and realized like, you know, anyone can create a website that is then used and consumed by anyone else in the world. Uh, and specifically, I created a small job board for students in France. And after a couple of months, McDonald's started to put job offers on that website. And to me, that kind of like literally was the brain explosion things like, wait, I'm literally nobody in my parents' basement. It wasn't a basement, but like, you know, computer room at the time, no laptops, just a, 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 a tower um, and created this website out of boredom kind of. And then McDonald's starts with job offers on this. To me, that was kind of crazy. And that made me realize the power of these decentralized open platforms at the time. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, uh, obviously, I create another business, uh, a company that does RSS feed APIs. And I'm sure you have heard of RSS. This podcasting world is for you, mm -hmm. one of the core technologies. But it was much bigger at the time. But think of it as a syndication tool that allows to build stuff like Twitter and Facebook in a decentralized way on the web. This time, though, it wasn't that successful. I mean, it was a profitable business and eventually sold it to Medium, the publishing platform. But it did not replace Twitter or Facebook as I was hoping it would. And I think that's when, that's when I started to realize like the business model of the web, the attention-driven economy was detrimental. And I think we're going to talk about this a little bit as well. Cool, cool. No, it sounds like you got an interesting background. I didn't know you were working a bit with RSS feeds. Yeah, it definitely is something that plays in heavily to the podcasting in my world. Absolutely, yeah. It's and, and people don't know this because they say, oh, RSS is dead. Like, well, if you listen to podcasts, it is all RSS. Even to, I mean, through the most closed platform like Spotify and others, it's still RSS under the hood, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it actually kind of brings up an interesting question. Do you think there's anything that can be done with RSS and maybe blockchain, maybe some kind of integration there? I know there's a couple teams that are trying to build things. There's uh, one project called RSS3. Um, I think it's coming out of China that's trying to do some mm -hmm. stuff there. It is hard. Like generally, it's not trivial. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely mm -hmm. one of these, you know, uh, in the blockchain space, we obviously explore a lot around decentralization, around uh, open networks and things like this. There is a lot of precedent and RSS is definitely one of the aspects there. Um, that pre-exists, I guess, in some way, uh, what happens in the blockchain space right now, in the Web3 space altogether. Yeah, kind of just a random question off, off the top yeah. of my head, because I was thinking about like different ways that the podcast or podcasting in general could benefit from this space, because monetization tools are just not very good. Um, and I don't know, I think there's a lot of things that could be done with blockchain, maybe NFTs, maybe unlockable content or stuff like that. We should talk about this. There's actually people using Unlock and we haven't said what Unlock is, but maybe we'll come to this in a few mm -hmm. minutes. But yes, there's yeah. people that are using Unlock protocols to monetize their podcasts uh, by having kind of a, pri a private feed that's only accessible to people that have a valid membership NFT. Uh, and, and that's a way to do that. I still think we're in the you know extremely early stages of that. Uh, but my hope is that eventually that's 
an opportunity for anyone using podcasts to be able to say, you know what, there is some content that is uh, public and available for everyone, like what you were doing right now. And then maybe there's some episodes, some parts of an episode, some seasons in, an epi- uh, in, a, in a given podcast that are locked and only available, accessible by, you know, paying members or core supporters, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a really cool direction for the whole industry to go at some point. We'll definitely have to chat about that some more. Um, But tell me a little bit more about Unlock Protocol. Maybe we can kind of dig into some of this. What is it you guys are trying to do and achieve? Yeah, definitely. So we're we're trying to build a protocol for memberships. Our thinking, and actually it comes back from my my days at Medium. So I sold Superfeeder, that RSS feed company, to Medium, the publishing platform. And it was at Medium when when Medium tried to do ads. And it was kind of a nightmare. The CPUs we're getting were very, very low. And there's no way Medium could make any money at scale with ads. Even though it was already in the top 100 Alexa websites in the world, which is kind of surprising. But anyway, uh, Medium tries to do, uh, I mean, try to do a membership, actually did do a membership. So basically the idea is like some content on the Medium platform is not available for everyone. You have to pay $5 a month to be able to consume that content. And when Medium did this, that's when I realized like memberships are not just transactional. People don't just pay to access the content. They pay to become part of a community, to be a member of a core community, to have, you know, the little green halo around their avatar on Medium specifically. And immediately that also reminded me of like Patreon and Kickstarter. Of course you do that because you you care about a specific creator and you want to support them. You might not listen to their music all day long. You might not listen or watch their videos all day long, but you want them to be able to make a living out of their art because you think it's actually cool stuff. And in practice, with the internet and the fact that producing content is actually pretty cheap, uh, they don't need to make millions of dollars to be able to make a living. I think there's a uh, a journalist from Wired, uh, who actually wrote an article uh, back in 2009, if I'm correct, called A Thousand True Fans. Uh, and the point that he was making was like, hey, if you're an artist in the US at the time, and I think it's kind of still true, you need only a thousand very strong fans that would pay you $100 a year to make a living. So, and to me, that's kind of like my, if you think $100 a year is like, you know, $10 a month seems pretty achievable for a thousand people. And so that's the mm-hmm. core idea. It's like Unlock is a protocol for membership that lets any creator, any brand, any community deploy their own, and we'll talk about this, their own membership contract, um, and then sell membership cards, if you want, they're actually NFTs, uh, to their fans and to people that want to access certain events, certain content, you know, token-gated websites, token-gated Discord servers, etc., etc. Yeah, let's break this down a little bit more. What kind of content can you make lockable and then unlockable with these, uh, these NFTs? Yeah, in practice, anything. It's content, but it can also be features. So the protocol itself doesn't specify how you lock, basically. Or actually, it does specify how you lock, but it doesn't specify what kind of thing you can lock. And so, for example, on my little personal site, I have a blog, pretty much normal like anyone else. And some articles Mm -hmm. I lock, some others I don't lock. But you could lock images, you could lock video streams, you could lock features. You say, hey, you know what? The dark mode on that application is just for paying members. The protocol itself is just for a way to identify if someone is a member, has the NFT in their wallet, or doesn't, and allowing them, obviously, to purchase an NFT um, that would actually has an expiration date. So these NFTs have an expiration date. The idea is that every month I have to top up my membership to keep being a member of that community. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Where do they go to do this? Do they go to unlock protocol, like the website no. to do this? Or is there a platform or where? The goal would be to they, they go to their normal sites. So like basically if you do a membership for the Blockhash podcast, well, they would sure. go to the Blockhash podcast page. Hopefully at some point YouTube supports this. Hopefully at some point Twitter supports it. For now, obviously it would be on the Blockhash hosted um, website. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what you use as a CMS, but that would be sure. there. The protocol, if you think about the protocol from a perspective, it's like 
it's like HTML. It's like HTML. you don't go to an HTML, you know, portal. You go to your website, and that's where you see HTML. With Unlock, it's the same idea. Like you, most users shouldn't know necessarily about Unlock as the protocol. It's the underlying technology. They should know that they have a membership, an NFT that allows them to access content from Blockhash, basically. Okay, so like, oh, for, let's just use my podcast for an example. Yeah. Um, I could use different episodes. Let's say there are some cool exclusive episodes, maybe like this one, for example, that we want people to pay for to access. Um, they'd go to the Blockhash podcast website to yep. pay to, to get access yeah. to that. Okay. So there would there's actually two steps, right? The first flow would be to connect their wallets, basically. And I, th I think we've all seen now more and more of these signing with Ethereum kind of approaches, but it's the idea. And we'll talk about blockchain specifically in a second, but like they would first connect and kind of identify themselves with the application. And then the application would verify whether they own the specific Blockhash membership NFT. If it does, then great, they can see the content. And if it doesn't, it shows them a little model, a little pop-up say, hey, you should get a membership. And that's kind of sending a blockchain transaction, submit, go, you get the NFT, and now you can read the content. Nice. What What about, okay, so what are some of the existing integrations that you guys have already? Yeah, so we have obviously integration in WordPress, the biggest CMS of all. I think okay. it's between 30% of the, of the web right here is hosted on WordPress. So if you have any CMS or any, any side that uses WordPress, it works out of the box. We have an integration in Drupal, and I say we, it's like the community builds them, right? Like we, we focus on the core protocol, people build integration of them. Mm -hmm. There's Drupal, which is one of these other CMSs, pretty popular. There's an integration in React, obviously. There's then integration in kind of platforms like Decentraland. Um, you can create a space where, I mean, actually one of the things that I love very much about this idea of memberships is like they're not, block, they're not blockchain specific, but they're more important, they're not platform specific. So if you decide to create a, a Blockhash membership and say, hey, People are going to be able to listen to this, this episode on the website. You could also have, at the same time, a space in Decentraland, and then people can show up there. And if they have the NFT, the same NFT in their wallet, then they're able to access the, you know, the, the metaverse um, special uh, space. Uh, one thing that I do on my website, I, I don't know if you can see all of these little icons at the bottom here, uh, if you're watching the video, mm -hmm. but these are actually my blog's member. I use a virtual webcam. Um, and I don't know what you use for, for streaming your videos, but like, I use a virtual webcam and I overlay mm -hmm. my blog's members uh, in here. So that creates kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a gimmick. It's not really useful for them, but it's a way for me to kind of give back to my community and say, hey, cool, now when I go online, they're with me. And you can see some of them have, have punks. I think oh, this, I'm still not a great weather guy, but this guy has a punk. Uh, it's the idea that my members exist in a different dimension. They're not stuck on a specific platform. And if you think about web two, right? Like if you have people that are following you on YouTube, well, they're actually just following you on YouTube. If you decide to post some content on TikTok or on Instagram or even on your own site, well, these people are stuck there. They're not gonna come to you because they're literally just on that platform. With NFT membership, they are not on any platform. They're on a blockchain, which means that it's available on all of the platforms, all of the websites. Nice. Have you guys um, thought about potentially uh, or want to approach like a bigger player like Instagram and Facebook or Oculus or YouTube? Absolutely. Yeah, or I mean, what, absolutely. Is that on your roadmap or what's the plan? It's on our roadmap. To be clear, we're pretty not on their radar yet uh, because these are massive platforms that have probably a thousand mm -hmm. uh, different things to do. But our goal is to at some point show them that we have more and more and we start to have more and more creators using Unlock uh, that there is demand from the very users of their platform to be able to do these. Like YouTube is a good example. Like you could be able to show up and say, hey, I am Brendan, I'm a podcaster. This is my, sorry, my lock address, mm -hmm. the membership contract that I use. 
please enforce the fact that some of my content is only going to be available for these uh, members and not for the other people. I, I think you should approach uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> I think this is a you know perfect example use case of something you know that blockchain could really help with in terms of memberships. Absolutely, um, I think they'd be I, an easier player to get access to. I I do think so. I mean, I let's say we tried. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of different. You mentioned OnlyFans. There's in the adult space. There's definitely a lot of different use cases like that one for video mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, but honestly, if you think about all, you know, all of your subscription, your Netflix subscription should actually be an NFT-based subscription. There's no need for you to have an account with them. You could be able to show up, connect your wallet, prove that you pay for Netflix because you have that NFT, and then be able to be served the videos. What's really interesting is that you could have multiple degrees of almost kind of bundles. Like, hey, now my same NFT, I'm a Netflix subscriber, so maybe I access some content on a Netflix partner, Spotify is a partner of Netflix, but you could just, hey, look, I'm a Netflix subscriber, give me access to some content. Or even better, I'd say, if you're a big fan of, say, um, you know, um, an artist of any kind, uh, when you show up on Spotify, they know that you're, you have the membership from that specific artist, so they'll give you maybe some extra pieces of music that this artist has created in, in that example. What, have you guys approached influencers yet? Because I think they put out so much content. They have such large followings and they don't really monetize as effectively. This would be really good for them as well. Yeah. To be clear, we're, we're, we're just started, right? Like this, we're, we're still okay. at the early days, early beginning. But yes, that's definitely on the roadmap as well to uh, get in touch with, publish with publishers, with influencers, with all kinds of creators. We're, we're, at this point, it's interesting. We're a lot of brands actually reaching out to us. Um, and it's not mm -hmm. creators independently, but brands that are you know uh, making consumer goods and are thinking, hey, you know what? We need to think about our community of, of people. And right now, they have no idea who consumes their products. Like they're, you know, they put it on shelves at a big Walmart, and they have no idea actually who purchases this. But the example of Amazon Prime shows them that it's actually very valuable to know who is consuming their product, and maybe giving them discounts, maybe giving them, you know, previews of new tastes if they're doing edible things, or giving them access to some events where they can learn about, you know, a new version of a product or discount on other product. This is in the end that NFT membership is both a business model object. It's both a revenue opportunity for these for these mm -hmm. uh, creators and brands, but it's also a marketing tool. It's also a way to easily be in touch and be in direct contact with their audience and their fans. Tell me more about how that works as a marketing tool, uh, more specifically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So think of the members card, right? Like I, I usually mention airlines, but like. If you are a platinum level or I think medallion level at an airline, uh, this is, they, they give you like little labels that you put on your luggage. And in some way you advertise for the brand, uh, for the airline this way. They, mm -hmm. they use that as a way to keep you captive, uh, to give you access to, you know, to the lounge and they, they treat you as you know, a king, even though in practice you're probably paying more than what you get in return. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of a, a way to kind of create uh, engagement uh, from you as a, as a traveler. It's the same with these NFTs, right? The NFTs are in the crypto wallet, so they're always with me, and I can use them when I go online to identify myself or show the kind of thing that I'm interested in. And again, that NFT itself becomes now uh, kind of a super Facebook-like, if you want, because it's not stuck on a platform, but it's kind of a way for them to know that I'm interested in them, and if I want to um, access some special content or if they want to provide me some benefits, they can easily do that uh, by, 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 by asking me to dis disclose my NFT. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess that would help a lot with brand awareness and brand engagement. Yes. What about 
um, for like events or venues and ticketing and stuff like yeah. that. That's also, that's actually one of the things that we're seeing the most adoption at this point. So for example, EFCC, which is the Ethereum uh, uh, community conference happening in Paris uh, in July, this year is going to use Unlock for all of the tickets. Uh, so basically any, every attendee is actually, they're buying a ticket, except that this ticket is an NFT uh, and they buy with crypto uh, and they get the NFT in their wallet. And now when they show up at the event, they can show the, 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 the NFT itself in the form of a QR code and the attendees can verify that it's a valid NFT. And if they do, you get inside. What's really interesting here is the fact that it combines both the offline experience, which I just described, with the online experience. So you can say, hey, you know what? Maybe before the conference, they're going to allow only the attendees to vote uh, on who's going to be the keynote speaker. And that's pretty easy. You would use a platform like Snapshots, which I'm, I'm sure you might have heard of uh, in mm -hmm. the space, that allow people to connect their wallet and identify and say, okay, cool. Only the people that have a ticket to the conference can vote on who's going to be the keynote speaker. Maybe there is you know, a, a, a gated telegram uh, a room where only attendees can come and they can share tips on you know where to stay at a hotel or all that kind of idea and so combining the online and offline experiences i think is very unique and and that's one of the opportunities that blockchain gives us yeah i totally agree there's so many things that come to mind with this how have you guys gone about i know it's relatively new and um, you yeah. guys are just kind of getting started and getting off the ground yeah. but have you guys gone about promoting it to people and and, and showing them that this is so beneficial and because there's so many different ways this can be applied yeah, so that's the challenge, right? Like our way to uh, our way of doing this has been to actually show people by actually showing them tangible examples. So what I do with my blog is definitely one of the good ones. Uh, there is actually tons of things. Like uh, if you're into Ethereum, you should check out uh, bakery.fyi, which I think is a very good use case of using Unlock for membership. It's a, it's a WordPress blog under the hood uh, for people who know what WordPress is. Uh, and you can go there and basically some articles are locked. And so when people ask, hey, what can I do with Unlock? We send them links because that gives them an idea of like, okay, cool, this is... The way it, it works so we're not doing too much you know uh what's the right way to say this kind of pr marketing in some way mm -hmm. we're, we'd rather show than tell uh and so that's the kind of thing that we do a lot is there flexibility in terms of how people can pay to get access to content yeah so that's actually a very good a very good question so actually before i go there i'll, I'll tell you like we're deployed on the ethereum mainnet obviously but we're also on polygon on the gnosis chain which used to be called xdi we're also on binance chain we're also on uh, optimism at this point and our goal is to be pretty much across all of the evm ecosystem because our smart contract can easily be deployed anywhere and then beyond at some point i think we should be on solana at some point i think we, i mean it's it's not our choice it's not my choice at least it's the community's choice because we have a DAO. um now you are asking about how how people can pay so on each of these networks uh, you can either pay in the native currency of the network so if you're using polygon it would be matic uh, but you can also use any erc20 uh, coin on that network. So you can say, hey, I'm charging USDC so that now I have as a creator a stable revenue. I'm not charging in a currency that actually fluctuates a lot. We also have built uh, the credit card gateway. So our assumption is like, you know, a lot of people, even though crypto starts to become more and more mainstream, a lot of people don't necessarily have a crypto wallet with them. And even if they do, they might not have it connected to all of the chains. So we provide an easy credit card based onboarding that allows people to just, you know, use their normal Chase card. Uh, to mm -hmm. purchase a membership and they get the nft uh, in that scenario if you guys um or do you guys have plans to roll this out more globally or just in the us to start like in colombia for example it's um n people love crypto people are very interested in it but the the onboarding methods are far fewer than in the us way far yeah. fewer and then yeah. um you know credit and debit card transactions just kind of work a little differently sometimes yeah. Um, so I know rollout processes globally, internationally are a bit different, but is that a direction you guys want to go quickly Absolutely. or do you want to focus? Okay. 
to be clear, we're actually not focusing on the US specifically. Uh, it happens that that's where I live, uh, and that's where the actually we have team uh, a team member in India, a team member in France. So we're pretty distributed at this point. Uh, our goal is to be anywhere in the world for any creator that wants to actually monetize their content. Uh, we do have people using uh, Unlock in uh, in different countries. Like I, I, you said Colombia, and my mind went to Spanish. And there's actually a a, a pretty popular blog in Spain that actually uses Unlock to monetize their content uh, around SEO tips and tools, um, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Nice. Um, what does your guys's roadmap look like for the rest of the year? What are some key things yeah. that you want people to keep an eye on and um, anticipate uh, coming out. Absolutely. So actually, we're going to have very soon the automatically recurring. Because right now, if you think about the memberships, uh, they have an expiration date. So it's like a mm -hmm. month. But it's not automatically recurring for another month and another month. So it's kind of mm -hmm. the user would have to top up their membership every month, which is not ideal. Uh, we are going to ship uh, hopefully very much, I mean, at the end of the quarter, so in a couple of weeks now, uh, and I, I did start playing with this, um, an automatically recurring mechanism. So basically, as a user, you would approve, you know, a year worth of membership and you, your, not card, but your account is going to be charged every month or every week, depending on what is the, the base frequency uh, for that. So that's the first thing that we're going to do. Um, I mean, the next thing that we're going to do this year uh, is this. Another thing that we're thinking a lot about is the idea of the multi-chain world. So I mentioned that we're already on five networks. We'll definitely be on, you know, I think probably 10 or more at the end of the year. That's the goal. But we also wanted to make it really easy for users. So my, my base scenario is this. I show up on a site. That site has a lock, a membership that is on Polygon. And my wallet is on mainnet. I don't want to bridge my assets. Like, this is too much work. I want to be able to pay mm -hmm. from where I am to where that membership is. And so we're already starting to explore the idea of leveraging a bridge networks. Um, for that, for users to be transparently able to purchase a membership from where they are and get an NFT on another network because the NFT can be airdropped to their address. Your address is the same across all networks. That makes it really, really mm -hmm. easy to do, to do these kind of things. Yeah, I think that's going to be really key for you guys is being able to make it as seamless as possible for people to pay, yes. Um, yes. even with, with all these different networks because... Um, I, even for someone like me that's fully ingrained and has been in this industry for oh, almost a decade, yeah. um, bridging to a different platform, any kind of payment like Polygon, for example, yeah. um, like when I try to get onto the Polygon network and bridge Matic over, it's a oh, bitch and a half oh, and yeah. it's expensive. It's expensive and it's so wasteful. Why do I have to go through mainnet to do this? It's kind of mm -hmm. crazy. No, absolutely agree with that. Like for me, that's one of the goals this year. Um, beyond that, also one thing that I, I, I should have said is like, not all memberships have to be purchased. One thing that we have, obviously, in the membership contract is the ability to airdrop, that's the term that people use in the crypto space, mm -hmm. grant memberships to anyone. Um, and, and the idea here is actually a pretty cool one. It's, the, it's like, as a creator, you might say, you know what? Yes, people can purchase my $5 a month membership, or if they retweet my content maybe three times this month, I'll give them a free you know, week-long membership, so access to my content for a week for free. And so that creates kind of a this... What I like about this, it creates the incentives for creators to be able to say, you know what? Yes, people are going to pay me if they want to. But if they don't want to pay me, then they're going to, I don't say work for me, but like contribute some value. And maybe it's actually, you know, sharing this. Maybe it's just uh, attending this other event or watching this video or, you know, doing these things allows people to earn a valid membership. And I think that, you know, in the gaming space, we call it like play to earn. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like play to earn is necessarily the right energy here, but it's like it's mm -hmm. it's contribute to earn or to become a member uh, in a community. And that creates kind of very healthy dynamics where all of a sudden as a creator, yes, I have a, an income through my membership, but also if 
people don't can't afford or don't want to pay for this, they also have options to contribute value to the community that will give them access to uh, some of my content or some of the features that I offer to my members. Yeah, you mentioned something very interesting, um, being able to potentially like airdrop membership through NFTs or something like that. How difficult is it to build out something where you could um, airdrop multiple NFTs to multiple different addresses all at once fairly cheaply uh, uh, cheap and, and be able to give membership or something? So honestly, cheap is a matter of what chain you use. Like if you do this on a, on a cheap gas chain, it actually is very cheap. Like I, mm-hmm. I, for my membership, I use a XDAI, a Gnosis chain. Uh, the gas cost for a single membership is less than a cent of a cent. So mm-hmm. I could grant a hundred for free uh, and still be charged only one cent by the chain. So that doesn't really, is not really a problem, I'd say. Um, okay. So the, the cost is really a matter of what chain you're on. The complexity from a technical perspective, the smart contract itself supports the ability to grant multiple keys at once. There is a, a, a limit that actually based on the on the gas limit on every blockchain. I'd say on most chain, you can be able to go 100 at once and again, pay about one cent worth of gas fees on, on, on XI, which is pretty much nothing. Um, um, and so you could grant 10,000 for $1 basically in practice, which is, is really not much. Um, so the smart contract supports this. We have our own little dashboard uh, on the unlock web.com website that people can use to airdrop memberships one by one. That's actually what I use for my blog because I don't have that many members. Uh, but it's actually fairly easy to build you know, mechanisms where you say, you know what, uh, I want to automate the thing where if you retweet this, uh, you connect your Twitter account and then I will airdrop you the membership. Um, we actually work with a, a DAO called Protein uh, that actually does this where um, if they add you to a specific Twitter list, uh, you can then claim uh, a membership to access their Discord, which I think is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Would you guys have a community Discord, Telegram, place people can go to chat? Absolutely. We have a Discord, uh, and you'll find the link because we don't have a, a vanity URL uh, on the unlock protocolcom website. Uh, we have a Discord. People are welcome to, to go there. We're on Twitter, Unlock Protocol, and by word, we're on GitHub. We're definitely looking for you know the developer community to start building on top of Unlock. We have a grants program, so we actually give away um, governance token to anyone who's building interesting things uh, on top of Unlock. Got it. What about you? Are you online? People find you via social media? Absolutely. I am a Julian51 on most uh, websites, uh, on, you know, Twitter, uh, actually on LinkedIn, I'm my full name, but not worth going there, I think. Uh, and you can find obviously my, my own little site at ouvreboite, O-U-V-R-E-B-O-I-T-E.com. The link is on my Twitter. So Julian51. And again, if you Google Julian51, I think you'll find me pretty much everywhere. Perfect. Guys, go follow Julian, check out Unlock Protocol, like the video and subscribe. Uh, Julian, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Very cool and interesting stuff. I want to have another conversation with you about this because I think there's some things that I could apply maybe even to my show. Um, and then some things outside of this as well. It gives me a lot of ideas. So thank you for taking the time to share it all. Of course. And I'm more than happy to help you or anyone who's interested in exploring this. Uh, we're definitely in a phase where like, we're trying to get the word out on like the cool stuff that can be done. And so we'd love to hack on things together. Absolutely. If you want to come back on in the future, just let me know once you roll, start rolling things mm-hmm. out a bit more. Amazing. Of course. Awesome. Julian, talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Ciao. Ciao.